Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter off. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to A Pod of Their Own a podcast by the women of Amazing Avenue. I'm your host, Maggie Wigan, and for our mid-season crossover extravaganza, I am joined by two of the co-hosts from our minor league companion podcast, From Complex to Queens, Lucas Laha. Hi, Lucas. Hello. And Ken Lavin. Hi, Ken. Hey. We're excited to serve you up some classic A Pod of Their Own content with some voices you may not have heard before. But if you're not already listening to their regular podcast, I highly recommend you check it out. It drops on Monday mornings in the same podcast feed as a pod of their own. And if you're missing our regular crew with Allison McCaig and Linda Sarovich, never fear. They'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you can catch Allison guesting on From Complex to Queens, which posted this Monday, and Linda on Amazing Avenue, the show, which drops on Thursday. So Mets baseball, it's happening. They Unfortunately, actually, it, hey, look, they won a road series. Can can we just enjoy against the Marlins? Mm-hmm. They, look, the Marlins are looking like pretty legit competition right now. So, uh, yeah, like we shouldn't be throwing shade at anyone. Nope. <laughs> but it's been good to see um, Cano busting out a little bit. Everyone sort of looking a little, a little fresh, a little lively. Maybe not um not as lively as Zach Wheeler's shoulder, but oh you know. boy, 
Are, are we going to – should we go into a longer rant about that or should we spare our listeners from, from more complaining? I mean pretty much anything we could be talking about is complaining at this point. That's very true. <laughs> Only the Mets could take an injury-prone starter, push him to 110 pitches per start, and then say, oh, he got hurt? I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. I mean this is the same guy that, as I'm, I'm fond of reminding our Slack channel uh, – was literally taking 40 shots in the stomach to strengthen his bones like a year ago. That sounds not like what you want. Yeah, no, it is. Um, some would say it's not at all what you would want. Um, yeah. But then again, when did the Mets give us what we want? That's a great question. Um, well, they <laughs> gave us a – well. Some of us, not all of us are always clamoring for this, but they did give us a benching of a player for not hustling with Ahmed Rosario. That is frequently a topic of conversation. Um, but in true Mets form, they turned it into something really weird and awkward that could have been prevented by two human beings talking to each other for 45 seconds. In that um, apparently Mickey Calloway did not get the memo that that was the reason that he was being benched or the message was that there was day game after night game, whatnot. It was, uh, it was kind of messy. Yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like you have to wonder what kind of media training the Mets have, if any, like do, do they do like, do they, do they, do they not have like any media training at all to, to teach guys how to deal with this? I, I mean, I'd assume, based on the results, they probably don't. <laughs> How long has this even, been a problem? It's not even that they have to say something brilliant, but, like, they could maybe just not say two opposite things. Like, that sort yeah. of, again, like, I'm not saying you have to CC everyone on the email, but, like, CC somebody on the email because that's just looks stupid and sloppy like somebody's lying and then you're not even trying to cover it up particularly well it's, and, and it's there's a, like no upshot <laughs> there's no benefit to it yeah and it's yeah. it's the same story that one story comes out then somebody else says the exact opposite thing and it happens every fucking year sorry yeah <laughs> I mean, you're, you're totally i mean this is this really isn't even anything controversial it's like all right dude you're you're a young player who relies a lot on speed. You should probably be running out of the box. I understand that people maybe not don't agree with that, but I kind of am of the opinion that it was fine to bench him for not running. I'm much you, more in favor of benching Rosario as a fast young player for not running yeah. than I am with the same for Robinson Cano, Who's, who what, really 36? should be ambling to third base at this point. Yeah, like I, I, that's totally my thought process on this. It's like you're not at a, a point in your career where you need to preserve your hamstrings or something. And then instead of making this like the easiest thing, like, yeah, we're we're disciplining him. It's a, it's a whatever instant we're moving forward. It, it it turns into a thing because it's the Mets. Yeah, because it's the Mets. There's our there's our hashtag for the week. That um, should be like the Amazing Avenue like subtext. Amazing Avenue because it's the Mets. And I think it works out perfectly too because when every thirty years we like fall ass backwards into the playoffs. And you have like the crying selfie, like champagne, whatnot. You can also use hashtag because it's the Mets, and it kind of translates. Yep. 
So I hadn't realized this because, like, we know the Mets have been bad and dysfunctionally run. They're on pace for their ninth losing season in 11 years. Well, Literally the only two winning seasons they had were 2015 when they were good and just lucked into Cespedes losing his goddamn mind after botching that offseason. And then 2016 where they had a good offseason and got a little unlucky and were mediocre. Only two, two years, years were pretty good, though. Yeah, that was nice. I don't even think 2016 was that good. But but I, I've I've ranted about this a lot over the past couple of years, but mm-hmm. it, it's truly pathetic. Two, se- oh, two yeah. winning seasons in eleven years in New York. It just it it seems like it should be harder to do that. Like at some point you're a net negative. Like a a, a league average GM with the Mets payroll should oh, have a hundred percent. What the hell? And I just don't even know who to blame at this point, except kind of the obvious. But, like, really, nobody here has done particularly well for a long time. Yeah, no, it's it's just kind of, like, piss-poor effort all around. Yep. Like, from the top to the bottom, there's, like, no communication. and It's just chaos. Right. And, like, two... To Brody's defense here for a moment, like this roster has hit its like I don't know tenth percentile outcome. Yeah, that'd be like if everyone had blown out their arms. Twentieth percentile outcome. Like he did not build a roster that was this bad. There's been some legitimate bad luck, but they also made a bunch of very obvious mistakes. And when you're unlucky with the things you do fix, uh, the holes you didn't fix are a whole lot more important. Like. You can't predict Robinson Cano turning into a pumpkin, Edwin Diaz forgetting how to not let the ball leave the yard, Jed Lowry's left side atrophying to nothing. But at the same time, you can predict a bullpen that's uh, the corpse of Jerry's Familia and one Edwin Diaz along with a whole bunch of bad parts and a rotation with no depth struggling. Like, that was very predictable. Yeah, and I mean, the... The point also about the 20% tile outcome is that it kind of does complicate things for next year because usually a team that's been this bad coming on the heels of many other bad years, you'd really want to think about doing a bigger teardown, trading Syndergaard, trading Conforto, who I'm surprised that he's not mentioned as much, if not more than Syndergaard is when they're talking about something bigger, but, um, but really, like, there's no reason why, except for it being the Mets, that they couldn't be a, le- a contending team in 2020. Like, they have all the component parts that a team would want going into an offseason. But because it's the Mets, it's not it's not going to happen. And I wrote about this earlier this week, saying that plenty of teams in baseball would love to have the core of First, uh, pre-Arb Alonzo, pre-Arb McNeil, Arb 2 Conforto, Arb 2 Syndergaard, extended DeGrom, Arb 1 Diaz, pre-Arb Nimmo. You can even throw Rosario in that group, even though I'm lower on him than most. That's a really good core. And, and because they've, the, because the Mets typically fail to develop any sort of depth players, they're, they're, and then have spent their money badly and yeah. won't spend any more to fix it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, because of, like, unforced errors, you know, yeah. 
I mean, you can trace a lot of this bullpen disaster. You could trace it back a couple years ago when they started selling off pieces for exclusively, for whatever reason, minor league relievers, and they batted zero on them. Like, that's that's not easy to do. You think they would have blooped one at some point, but absolute zeros across the board. That is wild. Yeah, I think Ken can comment on this a little bit more than I can, but but like that speaks to their just total inability to to have a modernized scouting or development yeah. apparatus. It's like um the the thing that has differentiated a lot of these guys is just like command. Which is like you you need, need to scout like command, you know, walk rate and everything and your control numbers don't always translate well. Um, so, I don't know. This was also a discussion we had a couple of years ago. And honestly, I might have honestly had it with Jeff on some pod or other, um, about what you do if you're the Mets. When you have a, a pipeline that consistently gets guys to the majors where they see a jump in fastball velocity and a jump in, in their slider, right? And, and that sounds like, hey, we have a factory for making seventh inning relievers we can turn anyone into a 95 and a slider guy at the major league level and then instead of drafting guys where that that fit their organizational development strengths which would be all right let's get some control guys who throw low 90s with a questionable breaker we're going to put the tweaks we put on everyone on them and see if it works out they drafted a bunch of wild guys who throw straight fastballs with no breaking ball and have no command typically like six seven or above just because like the one thing they do well, they are not even aware enough to to leverage it. Which is something you see like across town with the Yankees. They're very aware of what they do well, and that's why yep. they have like an endless you know stream of big league ready relief arms. That's why they draft three random college arms in the middle rounds every year, and then suddenly they're throwing ninety five and. Jared's having a, a swooning over them <laughs> in Trenton every year. It's it's the same story. But the Mets are just uh, I don't know. I think I think it proves pretty conclusively that they didn't put much effort into those trades. It was just let's get this money off our books and move on, yeah. rather than actually think about what we want. And that's the other part of it. It's like you know, if you have a list, if you're exclusively trying to shed salary, like. Your list of hey, we want this guy. Your list of like, names you want to acquire uh, is going to be short <laughs> because you're depending on the other team to take out. It's not even like you can get the scouting darlings if the other team you know, doesn't want to give them up. So, Matt, Meg, I'm curious, what's your if you if you were in charge of things right now, what, I assume you wouldn't want to move any of the guys you mentioned, right? You're very much in the stay camp. Let's try to build around what we have here. Well, that's sort of, I mean, I'm, how in charge am I? Because yeah, I, I think, cool. like, I, the kinds of moves that would really address the team's weaknesses are absolutely possible. Like, there's no, if this is just a generic MLB team then with this core going into the offseason, they could absolutely turn out a really strong contender next year. But, like, I don't know that they're going to do that. So it's – that's the tricky question. Um, 
Because really, like, and it's not even, you know, Justin Wilson has not been great. Familia has obviously been awful. Ramos has his pluses and his minuses. But, like, in terms of complementary players that are under control for next year, fine. Mm -hmm. Like, those guys, like, I figure one of those relievers will give you something. Ramos will still be Ramos next year. No surprises there. Um you know, you really just need to pour resources into the bullpen, real resources into the bullpen and and into the rotation. I think the 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 lineup will fill itself out. It's there. But again, I mean it's it shouldn't take an enormous number of moves, but I don't think that they will put in nearly enough. No. No, they won't. And That's the their problem usual is thing. the problem is you lose you lose Wheeler. That's one rotation spot. It is Vargas who, despite the nonsense with the media and everything else, has been pretty good this year, all things considered. That's another rotation spot. You lose Ligaris, who really cares. You lose Frazier. Hopefully you can replace him with, like, Jed Lowry or J.D. Davis or whoever. But almost all of that money immediately goes into raises for DeGrom and all your ARB guys. And we know the Mets aren't going to spend anymore, so... It's it's bad. It's really bad. I just wish they would acknowledge that there's no cheap things here. You know, it's it's gonna take resources to like, like you I mean, said. Like, you, know. you mentioned Ramos, and I think that's the perfect example, right? It's the ultimate half measure. We don't want to pay Yasmani Grandal, who is arguably the best catcher in baseball. Um. Like you could probably make a case for Sanchez or whoever else, right? But he's an elite defender who can hit like 10 to 15% above league average on both sides of the plate. And we don't want to pay him a real 460 four contract. Which is like not even that much money. The dudes put up five he, wins every year. He wasn't year. out there asking for like a J.D. Martinez no. contract. Like this is not like 15 a year for an all-star catcher should be the easiest spend on the planet. You drop that every time. Yeah, no, it's literally a unicorn is available. Like, a and catcher talk about in the this Mets league... Being like, being, like, super against long-term deals, and I just, like, it. <laughs> it's... One of the last, like, long-term deals they gave was Curtis Granderson, and that worked out actually quite well. And I wish they could look at that and, like, see, like, they they spent a tiny bit more, gave one extra year, and it worked. When was the last time they gave out a contract that was longer than four years? DeGrom, but that's an extension for – that's, like, the most slam-dunk extension in the world, so I'm not giving them any credit for that. Like, like, and, like, I mean, David Wright. Right. Is is he the the last one before? But that was another extension. Extension, right? Yeah. Carlos Beltran? <laughs> it legit might be Carlos Beltran. In 2006? Yeah. That's embarrassing. And the whole point of, of paying for, um, like, adding years to a contract is to, like, to lower the AAV. So, like, it's not even cost-effective <laughs> It's to, like, prioritize term or short-term. Right. You're costing yourself more. 
like we we wrote plenty of articles this offseason showing that instead of the plenty of the pile of moves they made, most of which were fine in a vacuum, they could have had just just gotten Grandal and Machado and done nothing else. Yep. And the bullpen would still be a tire fire, but that team would be better. You'd have assets that were better for 2020, 21, 22. Like these yeah, slam dunk moves they can't do for whatever reason. Well, and as, as, as frustrating as it all is, then you have to add in, I mean, the Zach Wheeler business is, it's just one of those things that there's so many, there's so many, Errors the Mets have made along the way that have led to this, but also that is some shitty luck. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, the timing on this is some baseball karma bullshit, and that's, oh. I just have to, I just have to complain about that because it's, it's stupid and I hate it. It's karma the Mets totally deserve at this point. Like, yeah, no, you're not wrong. It's just everything they do is discordant, right? There's no plan. There's yeah. no. What is what? If you looked at the match right now, what would you say their plan? If you could try to infer their plan, what is it? You look at lots of organizations. You can look at like the Brewers last offseason. You're like, all right, I see the plan. Or the Braves. They're the, the Braves might be the best example because they have fans that complained a lot this offseason too because they didn't make a big move. But you can look at the Braves and say, all right, I see the plan. They have lots of top arms. They want to give them all a chance. They want to see what they have before they start consolidating or making big talent acquisitions. There's a plan. The Mets seem like they wake up every day and roll some dice and just say, oh, okay, that's what we're doing today. To be honest, I think half of it comes down to what players Fred Wolpon recognizes their name. I would totally – or or like what players Jeff gets pissed off at and wants to cut. Yeah. What players were in the last game that Trent watched, which was the uh, 2012 All-Star game? What's that now? <laughs> I assume that's the last baseball game that Trent Wolfman has watched. Yeah. 2012 All-Star game? That yeah, that's why he keeps, about right. uh, keeps reacquiring the guys mm-hmm. who played in that game. Yeah. Travis Darnona now has league average offense <laughs> with above average defense. Gosh, it's almost like they took every wrong possible step with that. Like every single one of them. I mean, I was one of the people arguing for Travis Darno at the start of the season, so I'm definitely biased because I've always loved Travis Darno. Like, you, you, if you're going to bet $3 million on something, yeah, you no, know, like, more than like, 25 at bets. Like, see it through. <sighs> yeah. Like, Broxton, you know. Whatever. Whatever, you know. If he was making the league minimum. Oh, sometimes those work, sometimes they don't. They traded nothing. Darno, they legit, like, committed a half-decent big league reliever to him. The equivalent, like, salary. And then decided to cut him before, what was it, the end of May? Yeah. This season has felt so long. Because <laughs> it's the Mets. Yeah. It's because it's the Mets. It always comes back to the hashtag. Um... So, as much as I would love to talk more about how much I I just hate the Mets sometimes, um, <laughs> we're 
going to break real quick. And then when we get back, we will talk about some issues in minor league baseball, um, unionizing pay issues. All right. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Uh, so it is helpful that we have... Lucas and Ken here from our minor league podcast, because what we wanted to talk about today was some issues in minor league pay in that it is not great and not looking to improve anytime soon. Mm-hmm. This is perfect for you, Ken, because you missed uh, Steve and I complaining I about this for a solid 30 minutes a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm pumped. Uh, I can run down Steve's points at the start if you, if you think that'd be a good place for us to go from before we just riff on all the various ways it's bad. Yeah, and and like wh- how could it be better? Like what is what does that look like? But mm-hmm. let's start with the bad. Yeah. Uh so right now minor league guys get like $1000 a month for 5 to 6 months a year. They don't get housing provided for them. They don't get real nutrition provided for them. They don't get real education provided for them in most cases. Um, it's a pretty bleak uh, a layout of, of actual uh, uh, compensation for their work. And if you do some rough math just in terms of their actual wages, uh, if you say they get $1,000 per month, they work – 54 hours a week, four weeks a month. It comes out to something like $5.50 an hour, which is well below minimum wage. That's before taxes, before paying for rent, before paying for food. They usually have to live like several people to a two-bedroom apartment or whatever. It, it's horrific, honestly. Um, and they're not all they're not all bonus babies. I mean, these are no. not all guys who come in with hundreds of thousands of dollars. No. Um, just as like an example to, to, to really demonstrate the struggle to, to maybe set us off here. Dom Smith was one of those bonus babies, right? Like he got $1.9 yeah, million dollars as a, as a first round pick or something. And he still constantly struggled to maintain his playing weight throughout the season because the minor league system makes it so difficult because there's no nutrition provided to you because there's no, no nutritional guidance provided to you, no food provided to you. I imagine there's oftentimes in these cramped apartments subpar kitchen uh, uh, setups supplied to you. And you're on the road half the year. 
Yeah. Anyway, not really lending itself to like, you know, cooking. No, not at all. So, so like, I think he's the perfect example of how, even for the people who come into this, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, more privileged than others, they just get screwed. And, uh, it's uh, never going to change because baseball is, uh, actively fighting to not let it. (laughs) Yeah. Because they get all their fun antitrust uh, legislation and get to do whatever the hell they want with no uh, repercussions. Yeah, as I recall, wasn't this in the the tax bill? The, yes. the that was where they they like enshrined in law that minor league baseball players don't have to be paid minimum wage. Yeah, that's think. pretty uh, USA USA. It's truly ridiculous. And then if you actually like think for two seconds about all the benefits of of um what a team could get out of changing this themselves and i have some math that i did for that previous pod that i'm happy to share again and and you think about the competitive advantage it gives you and how every team in baseball or at least the smart front offices in baseball the mets probably aren't doing this because of the mets has have squeezed every angle of the game for every last drop of competitive advantage at this point, some exec has sat down and run these numbers and said, man, this is a, this is huge. If we just change the way we compensate minor leaguers, we get X more value. The only reasonable explanation why they haven't is because the owners collude and decide that they won't, none of them are going to do it. They get together at their like evil henchman table at the start of the year and say, yes, no one's doing this this year, right? Yes. Good, good. No, we will not pay our minor leaguers. Well, so the, the Blue Jays, obviously, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what they should be doing. But the Blue Jays did give their minor leaguers raises, right? Uh, I don't remember this, actually. Yeah, I think, didn't they double it? Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things where it's like, what are you doubling to start with? But yeah, it's, two times zero is still. Or like, I mean, two times 12,000. Like, oh, well, that's still a very small amount to be getting by on on a regular basis mm-hmm. especially if they want their players to be to be training in the off season and not working second jobs that's the other thing right like jeff mcneil had to work at what like a a, a dick sporting goods or something i forget the exact athletic store it was when he told mm-hmm. this story didn't Jacob Degrom like break his hand castrating a bull in the off season? I Our kind of assumed that, that I kind of assumed that that was just for fun. Oh. <laughs> I don't I, know I, that. I like, clearly haven't spent enough time in the American South. <laughs> but that's definitely if if anybody doesn't know this story, I mean, he just that's basically it. But yeah, minor league um, Jacob Degrom, his hand was broken because a bull kicked him while he was castrating it and like An i don't blame reaction. the bull that sort of seems fair <laughs> um to be yeah, fair degrom started it um going back to lucas's point though about like getting more value out of the players just think about like dom smith appears to be like performing better than he ever has in the big leagues and he's attributed some of it to getting better sleep and sleep you know, from the sleep apnea mask. Imagine if they figured that out two years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that would have been nice. Because it's also like, that's not a, it's not a little thing. 
like sleep apnea is is like a no, yeah, really, really debilitating condition. Yeah, and like it's as simple as like going to the G- to a GP with an idea that it's happening. You know, it's it's truly like, frightening. Like these are these are assets you've invested millions of dollars in already, and you're not going to throw the extra money at them to make sure it's worth it. Well, and for and also for a sport and a team that has historically had a tendency of the like rub some dirt on it approach to taking care of one's body, you know, it, it's it's just another layer of bad luck. It's, it's, it's bad. So I do think the Mets, we're definitely biased in that we always think the Mets are unlucky, but the luck feels a lot more, the bad luck moments feel a lot more common when your process is so horrifically flawed consistently. Yeah. But so on the, the question of, of minor league pay and other working conditions for the minors, you know, Obviously, the biggest factor in why this happens is because there's no union for minor league baseball players. And it's tough because, you know, that means the Players Association is just not interested at all. And what's a real bummer is then you get major league players who were minor leaguers who could try to use their clout to improve life significantly for those coming after him, but they never seem to. Yeah. No, I mean, they don't, they don't even take care of the young pre-arb guys because this, the system has been, it's truly very American. Uh, the, the, the system of grinding and suffering to reach the end goal of making, becoming a, a mega millionaire superstar has been glorified. Yeah, to the Calvinism. Point. Got, we got that Protestant ethic going. Weber would oh, be yeah. proud of all of us, you know? It's, the 90% of us who work to death are just that much closer to God. But. I mean, we all knew Adam Eaton was a jackass, uh, excuse me, um, before this, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's not great. No, I don't think anyone likes Adam Eaton. Let's get Todd Frazier's opinion on Adam Eaton. You think Adam Eaton likes Adam Eaton? It's <laughs> uh, a good question. Uh, I could see, I could see it. It's, uh, I mean, those, to be fair, those Nationals clubhouses have, like, we've heard rumors for years that yeah. they're a disaster. So. There's, there's some wild things happening. Talk about teams that can never put it together. Uh, we say that as they've gone, like, what, 32 <laughs> their past month or something? It's absurd. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, the, and specifically, just to, not everybody may have caught the story, um, one of the, the many things that makes Adam Eaton a jerk is that he explicitly said that not only should minor leaguers not get paid, but it's paid more rather, but that um, if you do complacency sets in um, and he says that if he's financially supported and can make a living, then he may not be trying to get to the big leagues. And that is, ridiculous and you look at these guys working their asses off and like no they're not gonna, they're not gonna stop they don't get to the majors and then stop like it's that's not what it's about they wouldn't be here if that's what it was right i mean i think it's patently insane to to suggest that uh 
anyone who isn't passionate enough about this game to grind to the major leaguers under the current system wouldn't continue to do so if you gave them more resources with which to grind to the major leagues. Like, you have to be a psycho to do this. Yeah. In a good way. I'm, I'm very, like, you have to be insanely passionate about playing baseball to make the major leagues. Well, that's why all of the, like, not playing the game the right way, like, not hustling, you know, doesn't really have, like, that, that competitive edge. That's why all of those arguments, when they're about current major leaguers, they're garbage. It does, like, nobody actually gets to the major leagues without being a goddamn killer up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a system built to spit you out. Right. And, and making, like, being so good at, I, I could even, like, understand that if it was some sort of system where it was a smaller player pool. There's no, this player pool is worldwide and big enough that anyone who isn't passionate about baseball isn't going to be better than the uh, better than enough people to make the major leagues in the first place. Like it's just that simple. And, and the idea that giving people a living wage is going to dissuade them from from putting the work in is is asinine. At the but, end of the day, these guys are 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 resources, and mm-hmm. you'd think that you know that cold-hearted capitalist institutions would want to maximize those resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled up the, the math I did, do you, if you don't mind me sharing sure. it again. Um, so I made a couple assumptions when I did this, right? I said, um, let's say you're going to give – let's say you have seven affiliates, right, which is roughly – Ken, we, the Mets have seven affiliates, right? GCL. GCL, Kingsport, Happy. Brooklyn – not counting the DSL because that's a whole other thing. Whole other games. Yeah. So seven affiliates. Um, let's say you pay every every one of them has a twenty-five man roster, and you pay everyone on each twenty-five man roster forty thousand dollars a year, which is not a lot of money, but enough for basically anyone to survive. I think we'd agree. Like forty thousand dollars a year is more than a living wage. You yeah. can live pretty reasonably with that. That works out to a million per affiliate. Um, then uh, if you paid $200,000 for like a staff nutritionist for each uh, um, affiliate, which again is much more than that would cost, but let's round up. $200,000 for language education for both sides. Teach the English, the American players Spanish, teach the Spanish players English. Um, $200,000 for some sort of financial education at each, at each level so that these guys, especially these poor guys from either rural America or the Dominican know what to do when they get this money. They don't just descend into, to, to chaos, which unfortunately happens to lots of people when they get money for the first time. Um, and then, uh, just a rough math again, let's say it costs $50 to feed a player for the day at some sort of reasonable level of nutrition, 25 man rosters. 150 games a year, that works out to about $200,000. These are all generous estimates, I think. Works out to uh, $1.8 million per affiliate, seven affiliates, that's $12.6 million a year. In order to offset that cost, your farm system needs to produce one win of extra value by doing all of this. The cost of doing all of this is one win worth of extra value, a little bit more. By, by $10 million per war. 
there's not a high bar to clear. Hmm? It's not a high bar to clear. No. That's like (laughs) one Ahmed, one current version of Ahmed Rosario. You need to add that much extra value to your major league team per year to justify these like baseline level increase in benefits to minor leaguers. And that's before thinking about uh, your system is then probably preferred by minor league free agents because you provide more resources. Might be preferred by uh, big name draft picks. Might be preferred by DSL signings. Right? You, you never. If you're setting up a system that gives people more opportunities, there's probably all sorts of uh, incremental value along the borders. And you it's just a, know that they aren't doing it because they've all collectively decided they don't have to. Right, or they collectively decided they don't want to. It's really frustrating. It's just something that keeps the game from being as good as it can be while also treating humans like shit. And that's a terrible combination. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way I put heard it phrased, actually. Like, the game could be better. The product could be better. Which is, in itself, amazing because we're seeing the best baseball that's ever happened in the world. Like, that's... The game is always getting better. Imagine what it could look like with all this. It's not, wow. it's, it's so little to do. It's so it's so little to do. And we haven't even talked about like I mean these guys all get pretty decent insurance. Um that's at least a plus. We haven't talked about like their travel accommodations or like uh the actual vehicles they travel in. Like things that might actually be ex- we're not even talking about things that might actually be expensive. Like if minor leakers were were getting paid and were complaining they don't have chartered jets to fly an hour to different games, I think we'd all kind of be like, eh, whatever, whatever, man. Like, I know it sucks to sit on a bus, but deal with it. We're not at that level. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a tough scene, and it just. Again, it's it's hard to see, especially with the lack of support from from the majors. It's just hard to see it changing anytime soon. Do you do you guys think there's any way it changes without the major leaguers pressing for it? Something real extreme would have to happen. What's extreme enough? Do you think <laughs> a strike? Affiliated <laughs> baseball walks out <laughs> like. I don't, I don't see how else it would happen. Yeah. I know it's hard to, it's hard to picture. There would have to be like a lot of independent organization very quickly. Just keep experimenting on Atlantic leaguers, man. Like, it's all good. <sighs> yeah, that's, if there was a union, there would probably be a lot less experimentation as well. That is, that is a whole other problematic set of uh of behaviors didn't they try moving the mound back right did they actually end up trying that or did they just talk about it okay that's not much better because that'd be like an actual player safety issue but yeah i mean if i were you know an org dude who was looking for a new organization i wouldn't go to whatever that was if i had a choice you know given that it's the atlantic league you, you might not. You might not have a choice at that point. Well, you you could always go to like one of the lower. You know. Well, and I mean, just from like an ethics standpoint. No, yeah. Um, like, 
did they know going into it that it wasn't going to cause injury? I don't know that they can say that they did, which essentially means I, that this is human experimentation, which is not, does not have the best history. It's, I, I, I unfortunately don't think there's, first of all, I don't think the union's even going to get the next CBA right because Tony Clark is still he around. Is, he is lost. Uh, and like they still don't seem to get that they have to focus on on making sure young players are, are paid as opposed to fixing free agency or whatever. But I I have no faith in the union to fix this at this point. The baseball labor landscape certainly mirrors many other labor landscapes these days. I feel like basketball and to an extent football have done pretty well lately. Um, and it, I, I don't quite understand why baseball is so behind the curve. Um, well, seems to be a recurring theme. I mean, they're behind the curve and everything else, like yeah. streaming or, uh, oh, that's a great quote you just sent us, Ken. Ken, oh, you want to yeah, read no, that? It's one of my favorite things. You want to um, read it just because it's a... Yeah, so it's a quote from uh, Rob Manfred about experimenting by moving the, uh, the mound back to 62 and a half feet instead of 60 feet, 6 inches. And um, so it says, when K, I believe it was Michael K. Yeah, right. Michael K um, suggested pitchers would get injured from moving the, the mound back. Manfred quipped, that's why we're doing it in the Atlantic Saying the quiet part out loud there, Robbie. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about how Major League Baseball is. Well, on, yeah. <laughs> on that cheerful, not at all repellent note, um, we're going to take a quick break and be back <laughs> to end to end on a slightly more upbeat note. With our walk-off wins. So we need a few after that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like. Fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. So walk-off wins every week. We share something that made us happy this week. So, Lucas, go. Um, okay, so I've talked – this is going to be off the wall for, like, I don't know, 99.9% of our listenership, unfortunately. Um, we did a podcast a while ago where we all did segments, and I talked about the Overwatch League, which is a, a an eSports league based around the game, 
Overwatch, um, which is a Blizzard FPS MOBA combo. I don't need to dig into that too much. Um, but I wanted to talk about it because they just finished stage three of season two and they do playoffs in every stage. Uh, and a team that actually went winless in the first season. So the team went was the Shanghai Dragons. They went 0-40 in Season 1. They've gradually they got their first win in the first stage of Season 2. They've improved uh, a little bit over uh, each stage. And they actually just beat the previous two stage champions, the best two teams in the league so far this season, in the stage playoffs to uh, win the finals. Um, so they've gone from a, a true uh, comeback story, going from 0-40, a winless season, to uh, stage champions. Even more uh, appropriately, they also had the the first woman in the league, uh, Gaguri, who was a great off tank with insane mechanics, and she was a lot of fun to watch, even though they were losing constantly. So, uh, good for Shanghai. That's awesome. The Mets also own a team in that league. I'll add, they own the Jeff Wilpon owns the New York Overwatch League team. Yeah, who I've, lost to Shanghai. I've heard, I've heard of this this odd split in focus it seems not optimal for someone who is <laughs> thorough running a baseball team yeah i don't think he has much involvement it's like an all korean roster right and they have their own management and whatnot um they're actually extremely good but they also have a reputation for choking in the playoffs which they have consistently done every stage it's great it's very uh unfortunate to watch as a fan but also wonderful and that is why it is here in our walk-off wins mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, go for it. Um, yeah, I um, recently uh, had to change my diet, um, so I'm basically not allowed to have carbs anymore. Uh, I'm so sorry while. for us. It's all good. Um, we'll pour yeah, one have... out for you. We'll we'll pour it out. <laughs> yeah, so just that, like so open that like a, a loaf of you. bread. Just like open a loaf of bread and just like toss. Just like crumble it on the Just throw it away for me. <laughs> The Columbia Rats will appreciate both Maggie and my contributions. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody will get to eat it. Um, so I went to a Korean barbecue yesterday and just like, ate my weight in delicious fresh meat. So. Korean barbecue is amazing. It's like barbecue your own, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I it's, always recommend that like for endless. a date night. That is the best date it's night the activity. Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, please find me in, in Jersey. Actually, I have no idea. It's by next to the H Mart. That's how I identify. In Fort Lee, or uh, no, Edison. Oh, okay. South, Edison South also Edison has, yeah, yeah, Edison has a lot of great Korean food too. Nice. We will link the restaurant in our show notes. <laughs> Maybe I'll link the H Mart. Um. So my walk off win is it is a a hopeful one for the future. Um, I really was tickled that Kano went four, uh, four for five yesterday. We're recording this Monday. Um, I'm sure he has since, like, broken his ankle, gone 0 for 4, and, like, killed a man. But for now, um, it's really great to see him thriving since the break. Um, he's going to be around for a while, whether we like it or not. And, um... I've just always really liked him as a player and I'm very hopeful that like, you know, we're not going to get an all-star out of him at this stage in his career, but I'm really excited to see what we can get out of him. And it could be, it can be a tolerable few years at least. Um, 
so it was just it was a it was a really good showing and it 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 made me happy. Um, That's totally fair. He's a fun guy. He is, and he deserves better than what he has been handed. Uh, and I also don't think it's a coincidence that he may have finally had some time to get healthy after being badgered to death over the last few months. Oh man, saying the Mets pushed someone back onto the field too fast—I don't believe it. For a Yankees series, no less. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where has I heard that before? Shocked, shocked to find gambling going on in this establishment. <laughs> well. Um, so that does it for this week. Um, thanks so much to Lucas and Ken for joining a pod of their own. Um, and everyone definitely should be checking out from Complex to Queens to hear uh, some great commentary on the Mets minors. Uh, don't forget, you can catch Allison on this week's from Complex to Queens and Linda on Amazing Avenue, the show. They'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you can find all our content on AmazingAvenue.com. Uh, lots of trade deadline coverage coming up. Uh, Lucas had a piece about trading or not, as the case may be. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, you can email us the show at aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at apodoftheirown. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie162. Ken, where can our lovely listeners find you? Uh, I'm at KenLavin91. And Lucas? I'm at Elvlahos343. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast at Amazing Avenue Audio on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And give us a rating or review if you haven't already. It's a really great way to help give the show a boost. Uh, original music for the podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in podcasting. <laughs>